Well, let's just kind of break it down really, really quickly. Friction sex is kind of one dimensional in the sense that you have harder, faster, and bigger as the way to create more sensation. With suction sex, you need to understand from a conceptual standpoint that penetration is bidirectional, meaning that it's not just a penis going in and out, but that actually the vagina, like an active mouth, can pull the penis in as well as push it out. So this is what I mean by bidirectional. Secondly, sensation, as opposed to being generated by creating going harder and faster, is generated by creating a suction seal and maintaining that seal between the vagina and the penis. And I'll go into practical ways that we can do this so that way it becomes really solid. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. I am your host, James Marshall, and together with my world-class coaching team, we'll be discussing topics on natural style seduction, masculine, feminine, dynamic, lifestyle design, sexuality, personal change, and so much more. Stay tuned for today's episode. Um, okay, we'll start with this one from Martins. What have you learned that were a big stepping stones in being much better at sex? To answer the question about what have I learned were the biggest stepping stones in being much better at sex is that most of us guys think that it's all about what we do. But what I noticed that made me the best at my in the field at what I was doing was because I could get the person that I was working with to do all of the work. Meaning, if you go in and go to get a massage, if the person is just laying there and you're working and doing all this stuff, there's only a certain limit to how much you can help relieve tension in their body. But if you teach the person who you are massaging and give them instruction on how to breathe, how to move, position their body, etc., all of a sudden that massage is going to go so much deeper. So the biggest stepping stone in becoming much better at sex is actually getting out of our own ego's way and instructing the woman how it is that you want her to breathe with you, how it is that you want her to move, guiding her body to become more active in receiving. And this does two things. From a biomechanical perspective, when she is breathing, when you're showing her how to work her pelvic floor and how to move, you are going to be getting so much more blood flow down to her genitals, bringing her into a state of activity that she is going to be coming multiple times. And it doesn't matter if you have a big cock or a small cock, because then when she's active, her pussy literally like a mouth is going to be opening and coming down to meet you. A vagina is tremendously adaptable. This takes off a ton of pressure off of you. It gives you more sensation and more pleasure. And then the second thing that it does is it puts you in an extremely dominant state. A woman is going to trust you. A woman is going to easily submit to you because she becomes active, stays out of her head, and then going into surrender becomes much more natural. And you were the one that guided her there. Plus, if you just don't need to be doing all this tremendous amount of work, you see like in pornography, like this ton of effort and like, you know, pumping and friction and bang, 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 and you get tired. Well, when you work this way, all of a sudden you become her best experience because you are literally putting her in the optimal state and condition so that everything can go only one direction, which is excellent. Hell yeah. All right. I want to ask a couple of follow-up questions, but 
my answer to that question is, I mean, I can't think of any exact moments where where things shifted, but I know the the skill sets or the particular areas that I improved, which made the most difference. Certainly, it was practicing with and understanding my own spine and hips, right? So all of the yep. and you guys have seen, you know, many of these exercises on the the program for both men and women. If if we can't articulate our hips and we don't have, you know, the ability to have chains of movement throughout our upper body, particularly, then we're going to be like a hinge, right? Like basically, and then you're going to have genitals banging against each other without a whole lot of uh, ability for nuance or undulation or uh, rotation. One would work yourself up to that state, but yeah, you got to get there before you, you don't just start there. Yeah, and there's you know, and there's elegant ways to bang and and ones that are the robotic and clunky. But yeah, certainly <laughs> like learning more and more about my own body through all of my meditation movement practices, you know, spinal rolls, Edo Portel kinds of stuff. And in conjunction with that, breathing exercises. So being able to breathe abdominally, being able to uh, understand the different chambers of breath from belly to ribs to chest, that was what gave me complete control over my arousal state, right? So like as a, a common issue for many men is that they come too quickly or they're, or they're on edge the whole time. So they have to be like, oh, watch out, watch out, like not really enjoying it. And I, I've had those experiences where it's, the, the whole sexual experience is just, just you trying to like hold it there. Survive. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not fun because you want to enjoy the sex, not just be worried, you know, worried about not coming. So yeah, like those, those understandings of, of relaxed arousal to be able to, to have full body relaxation to let go of the shoulders, let go of the jaw, to take deep breaths in, to be able to vocalize and sigh, which is something that so many men struggle with, I guess out of embarrassment or just feeling like it's weird or something. But, you know, I've taught many of these classes were movement classes and breath classes. And and yeah, when I'm like, everyone breathe in and go, oh, like you'll just hear this, like, no, no, with the noise, let it out. So yeah, like having permission to be expressive and to, to actually be a full-bodied, sensual, uh, sexy, dominant animal, um, which you know comes from all of these varied practices. But I think it also comes from a decision, right? a decision to like to actually let go and and to face, you know, as we talked about earlier, to face the fear of pleasure or the or the fear of like being actually exposed, right? Because even though you can have two people naked, basically about as close as they can be together, they can still be putting up all sorts of layers of armor and and um, masks and restraint. And in my mind, good sex is when both parties are unrestrained. It doesn't mean like you're so wild that you have no concept or awareness of the other person, but that you have like <laughs> a lack of a lack of restraint at being unchained. And also, like I think Heron was, you know, hinting at that. What we'll mention that, like in terms of what triggers dominance. Well, one of the primary things is taking verbal command. So actually bringing simple commands into the bedroom, everything from come here, turn around, spread your legs, breathe deeper, look me in the eyes open your mouth, you know, relax your shoulders. Like, not that we want to necessarily micromanage every movement of, of the woman. I'm not saying say all those things in a row. But yeah, just actually taking direct leadership of the moment-by-moment moment experience and coaching her, as as Aaron was talking about, I want to ask you some more about that as well, coaching her how to be involved, right? So like actually telling her to tilt your hips up or roll your hips with me or when you breathe, push push my hand out if I have my hand on her belly, for example, yeah, you know, we can quite easily direct someone's focus out of their brain where, like all humans, you know, you can end up worrying or second guessing or, or not being in the present moment because you're up in your in your logical mind uh, to direct your 
the woman's attention into various parts of her body and breath, yeah, those were absolutely things that completely shifted, you know, with the way sex worked. And then the final one I would add also is really slowing down penetration, especially in the first strokes, even if it's a hot, you know, nasty scene to like take time to really get to know the woman's vagina with your fingers or with your dick before, you know, before adding friction to it. And maybe that's that's a good jumping off point I want to ask you because your your brand is suction sex, right? So could you explain what and you've I think you've kind of hinted at that where with basically the woman enveloping you or taking you in. Can you talk a bit about what the difference is between this kind of suction style of sex and and as opposed to, I don't know, pen, uh, friction mm-hmm. friction based and if you could give some kind of like I know you know you you have a whole practice and you can't you know explain everything or give it all away here, but like what would be some practical tools either in terms of verbal commands or of ways of touching a woman to 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 you know to to try and have this effect of dearmoring or relaxing of, and engorging the pussy? So yeah, any info on that would be awesome. I would be happy to give it all away, James, for your <laughs> your men. I fucking I love what you're doing, and yeah, I really want to support that. So. Well, let's just kind of break it down really quickly. Friction sex is kind of one dimensional in the sense that you have harder, faster, and bigger as the way to create more sensation. With suction sex, you need to understand from a conceptual standpoint that penetration is bidirectional, meaning that it's not just a penis going in and out, but that actually the vagina, like an active mouth, can pull the penis in as well as push it out. So this is what I mean by bi-directional. Secondly, sensation as opposed to being generated by creating going harder and faster is generated by creating a suction seal and maintaining that seal between the vagina and the penis. And I'll go into practical ways that we can do this so that way it becomes really solid. But let's just do like a really quick test. If you were to take your finger, right? And you take it to your mouth and the mouth just stays limp and literally you start to move the finger like this and you move it as fast as you can to create more sensation. That's going to do one thing. Now, if you would for a second, take your finger, place it in the mouth and suck. All of a sudden, you're going to notice you have way more sensation on your finger, way more sensation in the mouth. And if you notice, my finger starts to move differently. So you have a reorientation on creating, allowing that sensation of suction to increase as the way that then guides your body. So all of a sudden now you're no longer, and this is the third piece of it, you're no longer learning a series of techniques, but you're upping your your sexual IQ based off of a felt state, which is so much easier to just follow and flow. And that's where all of a sudden creativity starts to come in. If you're enjoying today's episode and you'd like to find out more about the services and information that the Natural Lifestyles provide, then check out our show notes where you'll see links to all of our other resources, including our YouTube channel, TikTok, and most importantly, our workshop schedule. TNL team is constantly on the road, traveling the planet and teaching the world's most high-end, bespoke and personalized coaching workshops for men, teaching you how to date women in everyday situations without the use of cheesy lines or those goddamn apps. Check it out. And now back to the episode. Now, practically, when I'm teaching this, the commands that I would teach a woman, and I really like how you have them, like you're saying, have them breathe into your hand with their stomach. If you were to even tell the woman to breathe into her pussy, meaning to push out 
her sex muscle to push out her pelvic floor as if she was increasing her urinary stream, that's going to get the pussy to open up. And then it's going to relax when she exhales and bring you in. And also I thought it was interesting, the tone that you used, that uh tone versus what you hear in porn, e and eh and ha. These are higher tones. That uh tone actually creates vibration in the pelvic floor, releasing tension, but also creating added stimulation. And as a guy, when you use that uh sound, it's also going to give more pleasure to the other person. So if you can get her to start pushing out and squeezing her pelvic floor muscle in coordination with you, she's going to become active. And this is the key here. Whether you want to teach a woman to the point of breathing and pushing out that pelvic floor and relaxing, what you can do as a guy is it is the ability to sensualize, meaning feel with all of your senses, the ability to use your voice, to use your breath, to use movement in a different way than we normally do, to come in touch with our pelvic floor, as well as the ability to shift our mentality around sexuality. So practically, what you can do with a woman, and this is this is one of the simplest things you can do, is let's say you've warmed her body up and you're going into penetration and you keep the penis at the entrance. And I'm pretty sure Said has spoken about this before with the steaming and the painting, because this is going to take away one of the big issues that most men have, which is the struggle to get it up. I mean, we have four main things that affect guys, delayed ejaculation, premature ejaculation, we have ang performance anxiety, and we have erectile dysfunctions, meaning that you'll lose your erection during it, or you just simply don't get it up. So the ability to start to become comfortable with your limp penis painting on the pussy is going to start to arouse her. You'll naturally get an erection. That way, then you don't have any pressure. Also understanding there's a natural cycle to your erection, meaning that you will get aroused, will start to swell up, get engorged, you get hard, and then you end up getting this additional heat that starts to build up. And in over, when you start having sex for 20 minutes, 40 minutes, one hour, three hour, four hours, and beyond, your erection is going to have this natural cycle to it and it's completely natural. So that way you don't freak out around it. When you start to get ready to enter the woman, having her guide your hips in, or even as you angle down, like kind of towards the anus and then hook up, you're going to get past that first point of entry. And then if you stay there and have her tell her, you're going to match her breath, notice her breathing and start to breathe with her. And as you exhale, when she exhales, allow the cock to sink in a little more. Have her inhale, and if she's doing the pelvic floor, it's going to go like this. And then as she exhales again, sink in like that. You've matched her breath, and then you're going to tell her the first command, which is breathe with me. When she starts to breathe with you, now she's already started to follow your lead. She's no longer in her head. And then you're going to say, slow down your breath, and you're going to slow your own breath down. Now, when you're in this state, it starts to create a trance-like state between the two of you. And you're going to start to time your hip movements to your breath. So that way, it could be at the beginning when you're going slow, it might be inhale, move in, exhale, rock your butt back. Inhale, move in, exhale, rock your butt back. Or it could just be even with two breaths. 
But the point is when she starts to see that you are breathing in the same rhythm and feel that you're breathing in the same rhythm as your hips, you will be able to start to increase your breath rate as well as, of course, when you're exhaling, you're going, ah, uh, uh, voicings. And then she knows you're confirming that it feels good for you. And contrary to popular belief, one of the greatest aphrodisiacs we can give to a partner is our own pleasure. We can start to then speed up our breathing as well as our voice to signal that the hips are going to start to move faster. You grab her hips and start to get her to move with you while you're doing this. She's going to then want to stay active because it fucking feels good. The fact that you also are doing the exact same breath that she is, you inhale and when I say breathe into your pelvic floor, you guys can try this right now for a second. Most guys to deal with premature ejaculation are going to squeeze the pelvic floor as like an emergency stop when it's already almost too late. I want like a, you a like all, a PC pump basically. Yeah, like if you're trying to stop your urinary stream, like if you're trying to stop yourself from peeing, you squeeze that muscle. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of creates tension. But if you do the opposite, which is actually the natural way of breathing, is that you're going to inhale and gently push out your pelvic floor. Just try that right now, kind of like when you do the belly breathing. So if you breathe in, push out the pelvic floor, you feel how there's kind of like this added pressure in your body and there's an expanse throughout your system. And then you exhale and you relax it. So what you want to do is this is putting you into the parasympathetic, this relaxed arousal state, which is going to already diffuse sensation from just to your genitals it's going to allow you to enter into more full body orgasms as well as start to last longer so you're going to use this breathing from the beginning the penis gets hard because blood flows into it and this push is going to bring more blood flow to your cock when it becomes turgid or erect then those valves will close off and then the blood stays and the cock stays hard now when you start having sex for longer that blood needs to cycle out and then come back in but this ability to push, though, is going to give you a lot more facility around getting your cock hard. The benefit as well is, let's say you get up to 10 where you're, you've already come, zero, you're not aroused at all, nine's kind of like the point of no return. When you get to that seven state, when you kind of start noticing the different arousal cues that are telling you, I think I might be heading towards coming, if you start to use that breath of the inhale push, while twerking your butt backwards, you are going to naturally last longer. You're going to spread sensation throughout your body. And if you think about this, the woman has brought you in all the way. Now, most of us guys, we try and then just jackhammer and create more sensation this way. But if we stick to the, the sensation of suction, well, how do you create more sensation? It's not by pushing in further. It's by starting to go backwards, working those hips backwards. It's going to create a vacuum in, and it's going to bring the whole cervix, the womb, everything down towards the cock, which is going to make stimulation go into her stomach and throughout her entire body. So that way then, when she is saying, fuck me more deeply, and you notice she's like getting quite like into it, then you start to move forward, tapping on the cervix and swishing those hips. There's going to be a natural movement that happens, which is going to stimulate the entire CUV complex, and that is the clitoral, urethral, vaginal complex, because everything is connected. And when you do this, and that's, let's say, like the first level of this, you are literally bringing her pussy down to you 
So whether you have a really big cock, a lot of times with a big cock, we are banging too much into the cervix, which comes down from the top at an angle and pushes it backwards. Whereas if we're having her breathe, that cervix actually naturally will unhinge this way. And it's one of the most common things I see. Like when I work with a woman's cervix in a dearmoring session, I literally can always reach her cervix with my fingers, which are like three inches long. I mean, that's smaller than your average micro penis. And I can always reach all the way to the depths of the cervix because I've had her breathing to come down and then give her stimulation beyond what she's ever had with a regular cock. So this ability to have that come down needs to, if you're too big, then the cervix cannot become erect because it looks literally like a cock itself. If you ever look up like gyno exam or speculum, like porn or something, you'll see the cervix looks like a penis head. It itself becomes erect. But you think about it, if your cock was unerect and someone was just smacking at the base of it this way while it's tucked backwards in a pair of like overly tight, extra small, whitey tighties, it ain't going to be feeling good. So the ability to allow that cervix to become erect allows for then, just like with your penis, to then get stimulation to send pleasure up through the womb and have these orgasms that can last for like beyond minutes. I mean, it's a state change. They go into almost a, they go into psychedelic states. So when you then start to call that down, if it's too big, they don't have the room. And if you're too small, you think you can't reach. But when I've spoken with and worked with women that I call size queens, meaning they only want to fuck a guy who has a nine inch and larger cock, then I'll ask them, well, what has been your number one sexual experience, your best orgasm you ever had? And they'll go, yeah, it was this one guy. And I go, what was, what was it, this cock? Was it a nine incher? Was it big? And they kind of get confused for a second. And they go, you know what? Actually, it was, and they'll tell me either average or below average. And they were on top. Because what happens is that gives the opportunity and the space for that cervix to come down. So if you have a small cock, then the ability to have that cervix come down and meet you while then you pulse into it and working the hips in circles as well as that working backwards brings the entire CUV complex, the whole pleasure anatomy forwards. And then from there, when then you start to enter and do like the hip sways that I saw with your course and the ripples of the spine, you are literally flicking into that cervix. And as you start to do even movements that are more with your hips going up and down, your cock starts to swish along, which is again, similar to the movements that you might have seen with stimulating the G spot. But now all of a sudden you're doing it with your cock going into the A spot along the urethral sponge into the G spot behind the cervix, the posterior fornix, as well as down into the perennial sponge, which is on the bottom side of the vagina, stimulating both the anus, but also these lesser known erogenous zones. Thank you for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. If you enjoyed our content and you'd like some more, then you can check out our YouTube channel, which is just The Natural Lifestyles. And if you want to find out about our live coaching and online coaching services, including our incredible live dating workshops, sexuality workshops, then you should check out our website, thenaturallifestyles.com. Thanks once again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.